Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and I just felt like drinking. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, <laughs> and this week we are reading Forrest Gump by Winston Groom, and starting with a beer. Ooh. This is a big boy. We've oh been my saving god, that's dark. We've been saving this. Uh, that's not what he would have said in the book. We've been saving this for a while. We've Holy shit. This is called... Bozo Beer by Evil Twin, uh, and it is a 17.2% alcohol stout. 17? Yeah, it's, it's basically the same as his IQ, uh, <laughs> and it actually has a ridiculous amount of stuff in it that I want to read off the can when Nate's done pouring his, it's but not, he's it's pouring it's half of it onto his computer, because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gotten into the character. <laughs> it is, it, it's just wiping on the table, is it? <laughs> It is a screwballish, according to them, imperial stout with hints of just hints: molasses, lactose, chocolate, almond, hazelnut, vanilla bean, cinnamon, oak, spiral, chili, marshmallow, muscovado sugar, and coffee. Made for bozos. <laughs> is muscovado sugar from Russia? It's made with Muscovy duck. <laughs> duck sugar. Oh God! <laughs> it, it, it's like brown sugar. Sounds decadent. <laughs> Yeah, everyone knows that that uh, sugar sugar growing region of Russia. <laughs> so it's made from beets, probably beets. Me. Uh, so this is uh, bozo beer. Having this can sitting around for a while. Ooh, smoky. Yeah, it's not yeah. nearly as sweet as all these other ones. And it's that, that listeners don't know what I'm talking about. Our research beers. Seventeen point two percent alcohol. I believe that. It tastes kind of like a cigarette. <laughs> it's it's intense. There's a lot of shit in there. Also, a line in the movie. Yes, it tastes. She like, tastes like cigarettes. You lose your package in the war. Fuck it. Oh, and then she says the word we promise not to say. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but this is bozo beer because Forrest Gump is a bozo. And in fact, at one point in the book, they do in fact call him a bozo. I think Jenny calls. He's him also a bozo. some kind of goddamn genius. That is from the movie. That is it missing is. in the book. It is so. Except he is. A genius a at the same time. They call him an idiot savant a few times. Yeah. Like he's really good at quantum physics. So we'll get into it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the book came out in 19... So everyone's fucking familiar with Forrest Gump the movie. It is an incredibly popular, famous movie. Even though some Oscar people, winning. Some people love to shit on Forrest Gump the movie. Those people are dicks. It's, it's a, a great, great movie. It's, it's a great movie. Great movie. And people are like, oh, it's a little too like boomer pornish. I mean, um, th- that's also a true statement. I would agree with that, but it's a great movie. It's really, really good. And the book is nothing like the movie. <laughs> that's not quite true. There are true. some scenes in common. There are a couple of events that happen in the book that also happen in the movie, but they really kind of like took the concept, changed the concept, and then created an entire plot for the movie. So Made it better. They made it better in every measurable mm-hmm. way. This is... I, I, the only other time I could think of where we said the movie's better than the book, for sure. I know we said it for Godfather. Maybe for Silence of the Lambs. Yes. But the book was also fine. So, like, that's that's more But this is one where the, even. the book, the movie is a million percent. But every single way you could imagine, the movie is better than the book. Yes. Objectively. Nate's Except I actually, so I think that's true. But I did still like the book. The I book's still fine. enjoyed it. I, it was still was still a, pretty good. It was fine. It was probably... It probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if I hadn't seen the movie. It would have probably been a little bit more Maybe like, this bit. is kind of ridiculous. 
Kind of. It it yeah. This was the book was the dress rehearsal for the movie. It was a rough Where draft. they the rough draft they the you know they this was the first concept, and then when they made the movie they just improved on all the elements. Absolutely. Took out the bad elements, made the good elements even better. Which were most of the elements, <laughs> more bad elements. Just like the periodic table. Yeah. Badnesium. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the book. Sorry, the book is written in 1986 by Winston Groom, who uh, has written a couple of other things, but this is all he's known for now. Uh, and he wrote a, a, a more serious book a couple of years before that was nominated for like. It was about a lot of Vietnam stuff. A lot, of, yeah, a lot of a lot of Nam. Uh, I'm not sure if he was nominated for the Pulitzer or the National Book Award. Like he had something that was like, oh, that's actually a good book. And then he puts out nonfiction. Uh, I think it was fiction, but I'm not sure if he served or not. Um, I got the sense he did based on all the Vietnam stuff. He really didn't like the war. Let's find out. (laughs) Did not like the war. Is he still alive? He died just like last year. Just died. Winston Groom is a great Southern guy name, though. I gotta say. Like that guy's got to be from the south. That sounds like Groom attended the University of Alabama, where he became a member of the uh, fraternity and Army ROTC. No, Delta Tau Delta fraternity and Army ROTC. He graduated in 1965. He served in the United States Army from 65 to 67, including a tour of duty in Vietnam, 66 to 67. That was that was that was typical. Usually, it was one one year. Okay. Because most of them just died. I mean, you might have done basic training and stuff before, but your actual time in Vietnam was usually one year. And so if he, you can make it, it through that one year, then you're done. But yet, I am. So um, there's some autobiographical stuff in here. He's also uh, very tall, like Forrest Gump, the book character is. Um, but other than that, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> it's partly autobiographical. So Forrest Gump, the character, is very much like the Forrest Gump in the movie, he is a uh, man uh, with de- developmental disabilities. He's yeah. also a freak giant. Is that fair book. to say? Like, yeah, he's freak giant Adonis. Yeah, he's he's an, he's he's not only and he has a giant dong. <laughs> his dick length and IQ are about <laughs> the same number in oh, inches. It's there. There, his dick is a little bit bigger. So yes, he is. He is a. He's he's in the book. He's an idiot savant, which they say. Uh, he he's he's slow. And he's got problems. He he's not as cannot he, read. He like, can't read. They send him to a school. I mean, it is it, a lot of the things that happen in the movie. Like, don't picture them. Try not to picture the movie for a second. So they send him to a school for much worse kids, developmentally disabled children, which, which was the standard back in the oh six, yeah because fifties. This is the late fifties. Yeah, because we because he's still an early. He's still a young child. Where they do not teach actual like reading or writing or any academic skills at all. They only teach the most rudimentary like Survival motor skills. skills. <laughs> like motor skills. And so he also, eventually everyone else in the school was like way worse off than him. He was like they were unable to even function in everyday society. So They're you just had like to wrestling wonder wrestling and biting each other and shit. Yeah. You had to wonder that if the school ever bothered to teach him to read that he would have been way better off. Of course. Well, but it's because, because later, when he later is in college playing football, which does happen in the movie, but playing football, and he... And in real life. <laughs> his English teacher is like, you know, he had taken taking English class in college, and his English teacher is like, what is this? You have to redo this. And Forrest Gump is like, I have no idea what's going on. But yet, 
the class that he was assigned because the teacher would just like give him a passing grade because he's on the football team was on physics. Was, was a intermediate physics class. light is what the class was called. <laughs> yeah, intermediate light, which is a physics class and. Forrest Gump can do all the equations. He's like brilliant at math. He's great will hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's he's a genius at math, which they took out of the movie, which I'm glad they did because yeah. the whole stereotype of a idiot savant, as they do, you know, it, what, which was a Hollywood thing in the 80s. It's like around the year Rain Man. Rain came. Man, Rain Man yeah. was like 88. I want to say like there was something like in the ether. When they were yeah. like, oh, that'll be a fun plot device. Which, which we, is we, an unfortunate stereotype. We were led to believe that everyone with autism is good at counting. And that yeah. is decidedly wildly untrue. It's a good, th- I'm glad they took that out of the movie. Totally. He's just it also didn't really slow. affect this much at all in the book. It was barely. It, it did affect it, some of the weird zany adventures. The Let's, only, one or so two. the only thing in the movie uh, that I can remember that they kept him being smart at is like he was in basic training. And he oh, put together the gun so fast because he's just—he put together the gun so fast that the that the drill sergeant is like, "You must be some kind of goddamn genius." And it was no, he says, "Like that's a fucking record." It, 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 the the genius line, I think, was when he's like, "What what is your job, private shithead?" And he goes, "To do whatever you tell me to." He's like, "You must be some kind of goddamn genius." That's the best answer I've ever heard. And then he's like, "Thank you, sir." And like he's like, "That's that's hilarious." Which is probably which is apparently what basic training was and maybe still is like. I think I think they've come down in the in the last ten years or so and like we can't beat them into you know submission anymore. But you can't full metal jacket them and beat no. them with a bar of soap till can't, they kill themselves. Oh. Did That's... you know Bob Ross was one of those drill instructors? Yeah. Basic training drill instructors that before must have been absurd. <laughs> Why don't you do some fucking push ups, bitch? I will happily you look like a skull happy fuck piece your of mom shit. if you don't give me a hundred push-ups. So, so he was tired. The reason why he became so like calm and easygoing and a painter is because he just hated doing that. It later. seems exhausting. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take this palette knife and stuff up your ass sideways. <laughs> <laughs> so in, th- in this book... Let's just, let's just go through the plot, and then we could talk about the movie at the end. The of plot is a bunch of non-sequiturs, but it starts off with his dad dies in a banana accident... <laughs> Uh, before he's born, and he's born to a little lady, and they're in Mobile, Alabama, in the book. Right from the get-go, they're like, this kid's dumb, and uh, he's bullied for most of his childhood because he's slow, and uh, he makes one friend, uh, Jenny, for... Sort of. Sort of. She's the only she's one who's like... She's not mentioned until she... like, he's already like no, a he, teenager. No, he meets right? her, meet her when she's on like and six off. Or seven. She, she appears okay. briefly. Yeah. She's like the only one who's like kind of nice to him, and he remembers her forever because of that. And so he ends up in the slow school until uh, he ends up getting bullied a lot by random people. And then someone sees that he's big, strong, and fast, and they said he should play football. Let's bring him to a real school because that's how that works. Well, before that, he's. His his mama does run a boarding house like they do, like she does in the movie, like in Hey Arnold. But Elvis <laughs> is not there. But instead, a older woman is like, "Oh, Forrest, oh yeah, just <laughs> close just close your, your eyes. eyes." Holy shit! Look at the size of it. <laughs> but then he's like, "I didn't really like that. I was," and, and then I asked my mama to see if Jenny was available. She tries to take her to the movies, but somehow her dress falls off. He rips and he it gets off arrested. trying to stand her up from falling out of her seat. 
Because he Something keeps, like, like laughing at weird moments in the movie there, or it's something. Like it's, it's a horror movie, and she's, like... Or, like, she's a violent movie, and she's, like... Me. No, no, she, it's, it's, like, a really violent movie, so she's, like, looking away from the screen, and she's, like, slinking down her seat, and he thinks that she's falling, and so he tries to grab her and pull her up, and he rips her dress off because he's got super strength. It's, um... But she doesn't actually mind. She, no, she, she turns into at, a hoe at the, to, at the time, <laughs> she does mind, though, but she does turn into a hoe for show. But he also will do the same thing to Raquel Welch later in the book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's really good at ripping off dresses. Accidentally. So the, the, the setup is the same as the movie. Um, he, gets good if, he doesn't have leg braces in the book. They totally cut that out. But, um, but that's No, they be- didn't cut it out. It just wasn't they in added that. the book. And then they added <laughs> oh, it they, for they, the movie. They cut it in. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> well, it's hard not to think of the movie first if you didn't... Read the book first, like yeah. almost everyone. Exactly. Well, that's it's part of the problem with this book, because um, only like four people actually read the book before the movie came out, and then the movie came out, and then some people read the book after. It sold like a us. million copies after the mm-hmm. movie came out. It had sold like ten thousand before, mm-hmm. and it had been out for eight years. So in eight years, it sold ten thousand copies, which in book world is not bad, actually. But, but it's this, not a hit. It's no, it's not. It, it's, it's not a bestseller. I guess it's kind of like pop music, right? Like the hits are unbelievable hits, and everything else, it's like, yeah, that's nice. You know, you sell a million copies of a John Grisham book, you sell twenty three thousand copies of the Booker winner. You know, like it's it, the, yeah. the disparities because are because it won the Booker. And it, it only sold only because eleven copies before it won the Booker. But so this book was a total non-starter. And somehow somebody picked it up at Paramount and was like, let's make a movie out of this. Well, if it's not a super popular book, then optioning the movie rights is probably not very expensive. So producers will just pick it up. Well, they fucked Winston Groom on this. I don't know if you read about that. They, he, his contract had guaranteed him a percentage of the profits of the movie. Oh, they used Hollywood accounting? They used Hollywood accounting, yeah. yeah. It has never turned a profit. Like According any, any to movie. the books, the 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 yeah. actual accounting records of the, I, I only the learned thing. about this reading for this book. I was like, "What happened? Like, oh, how did that work out for him?" And I was like, "Oh, not well." That's every movie never makes money. It's amazing how they do that. Like, like, like Star Wars hasn't made money yet. Like, it's like the highest grossing film of Avengers all time. made like a billion dollars. Like mm, that movie was In expensive to make. Well, I, I was I was actually most. I mean, I liked the book. Uh, enough, but I was really fascinated to learn about Hollywood accounting practices where they go like, yeah, oh, well, distributing the film was expensive. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> and <then> it's, <laughs> it's sort it, of like they don't have to end up listing the profits with the corporation. They only list the expenses. And, and they have, so it never they have all sorts profit. of like shell companies. That they kind of. And, and, and also there's everything contributed to like marketing, which is such a fucking amorphous category. There's like, is it the money spent, or is it like the idea that you kind of spent the idea of this money? So suddenly you spent a billion dollars on press conferences and ads, and it's like, no, not really. But that's what they say they did. But it's amazing like, that this, they, this he was supposed to get three percent of the profits of Forrest Gump, which would have been huge. Yeah, but uh, he somehow got nothing because like, dude, a movie about a special needs man on a bench doesn't make money. And then he's like, oh fuck, I didn't get anything. And that's why the opening line of the sequel book is like, never let them make a movie about your life. <laughs> Which we'll get to that at the end. So, uh, so, uh, the so he, the plays, same. he plays, uh, 
he goes to college Football. because he somebody saw that he's big and he's fast. And he could run when he's being chased. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't actually understand how the game of football works. He just like follows directions. So like, Forrest, go long. And then he kind of knows what to do. But he can't he, catch the ball, though. No, they have to hand it to him and then he runs, which the movie did the exact same thing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, there's a, he's, he's in college for a while, and, but he's taking for some a courses. Yeah, only one year. Because he can't he, fucking read. He can't pass <laughs> any of his courses except his advanced physics class, which he gets an A. And his professor, a physics professor, brings him and is like, I know you're an idiot. I know you cheated. No, I didn't cheat. So, and he says, like, gives him a problem. Okay, solve this problem. And he does it. You know, it's advanced quantum mechanics. And he's, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. And so, and then he's, like, also studied by the psychology department or something like that. Anyway, there was, he was, like, in a study. There are a million things that happened. So, he does. But, but he, he gets. He, he has one moment in the English class that he ultimately fails where they're, like, write a biography of your life. And he writes it as best as he can. And the guy's like, this is creativity. <laughs> this is great. You guys wrote boring shit. This guy's got a great idea. And then he was like, oh, it's like, you can't keep writing that forced. And he's like, no, that's all I got. That's all I, all I know is I just felt like running. So he, uh, he does meet Bubba in college, actually. He meets he's white. And just, also... Bubba's white. Kurt, Curtis, the... the, 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 the Quarterback. Curtis was his name? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, meets Curtis, quarterback, and then, but he's on the team, and they don't win the championship. They, like, lose the championship game. But because then he gets... Curtis fucks up. The quarterback fucks up. He's like, go go long, Forrest, but Forrest doesn't cut, doesn't uh, catch the ball. He throws it out of bounds. They're out of timeout. He thought it was a, for, a third was, down, yeah. but it was a fourth down. He's like, I can't count. And that wasn't even Forrest, so it wasn't his fault. That guy was probably Victorian. And so... <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then this was, and then because he got kicked out of college, the draft board calls him up, and he has to go to Vietnam. Can I just say, like, that was the most the most unbelievable part of the book, and there's a lot, is that <laughs> the coach who is oh, the real coach Bear Bryant, uh, who was the coach of University of Alabama, whatever the fuck it was called for you know decades, super decorated college coach, the guy who was like always wears like a fucking pork pie hat. Died like 40 years ago, but if you saw a picture, you'd be like, oh, that that guy, that yeah. little old man yelling at giant, you know, munch, you know, giant, giant dudes on a football field. He's like, Forrest, sorry, I can't do anything else about it. You have to leave college. Bullshit. If you are good at sports, a college will keep you there, especially in the 60s. In the South, in they Alabama. didn't care Give me that much. Fucking, I can't believe they even pretended to send him to class. That's the <laughs> biggest load of bullshit. I'll believe they sent him to fucking space before that. The college was like, "Hey, this guy's really good." And as a freshman, we almost won the championship, uh, the fucking Orange Bowl, wherever the fuck it was. Bullshit. They would have kept him. That's the most unbelievable part of the book. Yeah. And he goes to space later they when NASA had a height limit, and he was taller than him. <laughs> I believe that first. Did they have a? I guess they did have a. They had limit. a height limit. The astronauts are all like five nine. They're all smaller dudes. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to fold them in half to get in the fucking astro the thing. But yet they couldn't possibly put a woman in one of those spacesuits. Well, no, because they could not. attract space bears. <laughs> <laughs> so Forrest, because he gets kicked out of college, he has to he immediately gets drafted and then goes to Vietnam, where he does not. He doesn't spend. He doesn't actually see Bubba at all until 
And this is a scene that does actually happen in the in the movie where they're they're under attack in Vietnam, and he uses the G word so many times Holy in shit, this man. book, so many times. His it was it was yeah. a bit gratuitous. <laughs> Do you know where that word comes from? It's from the Korean War. <laughs> but 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 you know why it's from the Korean War? It's because in Korean, that word because uh, my my wife is Korean. And they would like uh, oh, American she married one. Yes, I did. Well, the, uh, <laughs> Americans would go up. Charlie's in Jimmy's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so American troops would show up and um, uh, to like assist the local. This Koreans. is 1949, 1950. Yeah, this is when you know the Koreans were on our side, unlike the Vietnamese who didn't want people there at all. But the Koreans were like, "Thank you for coming. This place sucks." And in Korean, that word means country, kind of. Like, it means a country. So, like, Hanguk means Korea or Korean. And when Americans came, they say, like, that word, something else, which means you're American. And Americans didn't understand the word, like, what you're saying. They just keep saying this one fucking word. And so that became the slur for Asian people. But it just means Korea, con- then, country, or America. At the beginning of the Vietnam War, the veterans that were there were veterans of the Korean War yes. from 15 years earlier. And so they started using the word, that derogatory term for Asian people uh, of Southeast Asia. And so we're doing a the, great name, job avoiding it, the name just stuck through the American forces and they just kept using it. Well, they went, they relied on that old chestnut of, they look the same. <laughs> and so yeah. they used the same word. Yes. Yikes. Oof. You know what they didn't have in Vietnam? Well, they kind of did. Beer. They certainly didn't have one like this. That's so, true. So this is our other beer for this episode. This is also from Evil Twin Brewing, and it's called, Oh My God, He's a Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> it's an imperial stout aged on bourbon and maple syrup barrels that's coming in. Wait, how do you age it in two barrels? You blend them. You blend the wood? You blend the, the liquid. Oh, so some are in barrels. Half is in one kind of barrel, half oh, is in the other. Okay. Unless it's bourbon, unless they like should have used those like they use maple syrup such barrels. Bourbon that are maple syrup barrels. Yeah. That's kind of confusing. We don't know the order of operations here. It's coming in at a at a meager seventeen point two percent alcohol as well. I'm not actually sure if oh, this God. is related to Bozo beer. But I mean, it's also by it's Evil Twin. Also seventeen point two percent. Yeah, maybe it's just like a different version. But it's that's it's the a, number of the Bozo. Seventeen point two. He's only a Not quite the six intelligence. Six. <laughs> this is a million percent better than Bozo beer. I can feel it in my nose. This is strong. This is this is quite strong. It's not amazing. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, we've had nicer. I mean, this is not a pastry stout, so we're kind of judging it on that metric, that rubric. But I mean, bourbon barrel stuff is always nice. It's hard to fuck it up. Um, so it's been done. You um, could put a barrel of piss in a bourbon barrel and age it, and it'd be still pretty bad, but a little better. But it's vanilla <laughs> piss. The maple syrup flavor is very noticeable. I like that. Yeah. This is much better than the other one. It's much smoother. The other thing was like smoky. The other one was, yeah. It, it was very smoky. For a thing that had like 15 ingredients, I tasted none of them. This, I at least taste the maple. I don't really get the bourbon, honestly, but I get the maple. The flavor is, is pretty hard unless you like drink a lot of bourbon to like really d- sure, distill the flavor. Hints of leather and yeah. vanilla bean. But I do find for, for bourbon barrel-aged beers, I often taste, personally, I taste coconut and vanilla. Those are the flavors that I get often. I don't know what Plus fucking Plus the smokiness. Like 
I get the smokiness because it's like charred oak. You get some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those are the things I pick out. I often... Oh, bourbon's the one where it has to be legally charred to be considered bourbon? It has to be an unused barrel that has been freshly charred of like American oak or some bullshit yeah. and aged for three years. That's the bourbon rule, I think. And in Kentucky? No, not even in Kentucky. Could be that wasn't... That. That's not... Was that a rule at some point? I think it's just a... That's where it comes from? I think it's just a misconception. People assume hmm. it's from Kentucky, that you could have it from Tennessee. There's Tennessee bourbon. It also has to be like 51% corn, corn. Hmm. at least, because they also use like mash. Otherwise, it's a freak not on a leash. Otherwise, it's a sparkling white Kentucky. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, that, that beer would have issues. No, you don't know that corn album issues? <laughs> oh, I don't know any corn albums. You don't know Free Gun Unleashed? That was also a corn joke. It was an album? No, corn, Free Gun Unleashed was a single I know the song. Yeah. off of their second album, Follow the Leader. Come on, guys. Where were you in middle school? Uh, or not Nate, listening to grad corn. school? <laughs> <laughs> I liked corn. I mean, I still like it on the cob. I just don't like it in my ears. <laughs> I don't like listening to it. So uh, back to Vietnam. So he's in Vietnam, and then... There's actually a scene that does happen in the movie where... Kind of. They're under attack, mostly. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, well, close enough. The gist. As close <laughs> as anything that happens in the book that actually happens in the movie, this is the scene where that where Bubba dies, and he's like... And then they're like, he's... Uh, get You know, they're getting under attack, and Bubba gets shot, and he, like, carries them, and then the helicopter takes them out. And he gets shot in the ass. Forrest does. He doesn't even yeah. notice. He's so dumb. And so all of that, which does happen in the movie, then happens in the book. And then he doesn't, but Lieutenant Dan wasn't his commander in Vietnam. He just meets Lieutenant Dan in the hospital. And Lieutenant Dan is a very different character. He's like a warrior poet philosopher in this one, as opposed to a guy who said, I have to die in Vietnam like everyone in my family died in wars. And he's full of angst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a thing in Vietnam because, you know, America in, in 1967, America had had a lot of wars back then, had a lot of wars in recent memory. And so it was kind of family tradition and, you know, World War One and then World War Two and then Korea. And then so it, it, having generations. And the having, movie, he goes back to the revolutionary world. He's like yeah. holding a flag with like seven stars <laughs> on it and he fucking dies. And the Civil War and the it's War like, of 1812. Please tread on me. <laughs> Actually, I did just see this thing where there's a, the, the, the don't tread on me snake, you know, but it had a ball gag in its mouth and it was tied to a post. And it's like, please tread on me. It was <laughs> tread on me, thing. daddy. <laughs> I mean, the quote was actually, please tread on me, but... Uh, uh, yeah. I've seen a similar one, but it was tread on me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was, that was more of a reason why people went to fight in Vietnam Wait, in the movie, back in the day. Which uniform was Lieutenant Dan's Civil War ancestor wearing? It was totally... Yeah, it was yes. totally... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do not remember... I'm Actually, sure. I don't either. Could have been. I remember a blue one, but it might have been Revolutionary War for that one. It's he, hard he was wearing like a well, tri-corner hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. A enormous number of military bases are named after Confederate generals, and there are more military Not bases anymore. in the South. Well, there were until literally like this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there uh, and enormous no- and more military bases probably in the South than in the North. So, well, not for nothing, the Southerners provide way more of our people. In the military. Yes. Because they can't do anything else. I'm not They're not sad. allowed. 
I'm, and listen, <laughs> those are the people that we end up throwing at the machine that is the perpetual war. The military-industrial <laughs> complex. I, I, I understand it's not the that arg- complex. I understand both sides <laughs> of the argument. Like, hey, it's not really cool to name it after a bunch of traitors. But you know what? If it gets a bunch of guys to sign up and be like, I'll go there. I'm like, all right, we need somebody. Thanks, Cletus. <laughs> You're right. We're going to go to you know Robert E. Lee, uh, wherever the fuck it is. High school. <laughs> Nathan Bedford Forrest is who Forrest Gump is named for. And, it, and you know, this is something where the movie and the also book... Also founder of Four Roses. <laughs> really? I don't, wasn't, wasn't it? Wasn't he? There was a confederate that was a it founder was, of Four Roses. Nathan Bedford yeah. Forrest was involved in the founding of Four Roses, I believe, from the book that we read. You know, I lent that book to someone and they never gave back that piece of shit. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> How am I going to do without it? <laughs> I'm going to read it again. I was I, wa- I wanted to have that on my coffee table, but yeah. So they, oh fuck, what was I going to say? I lost my track of thought, my train of thought. Nathan Bedford Forest. Just like the South, their train tracks didn't connect all the time, and that's why they lost the war. Like yeah. their cause. <laughs> Stabbed in the back. <laughs> he meets Lieutenant Dan in the hospital, and then Lieutenant Dan is. Not the same as in the movie, of course, but he does some of the same things. Just more homelessly. <laughs> <He's like> a- <laughs> he is, he, so Forrest <laughs> s- meets him in the hospital, and then Lieutenant Dan like gets you know shipped back to America, but and doesn't see him for like ten years, and then eventually, for when Forrest is homeless because he because Jenny kicked him out or whatever it is, he is like oh. I'm going to go sleep with this cardboard box. Wait a minute. There's someone in the cardboard box yelling at me. Oh, wait. It's Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> it's like Oscar the Grouch. I recognize yeah. those stumps. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we, we we skipped the part about Jenny in college when she's dating. Um, she's, she's fucking the... A banjo player. <laughs> she's fucking a it's banjo like, player. Man, you thought and Forrest also, Gump was bad. <laughs> and literally... She's fucking him in the back of a car, and he like pulls her off, like ah, oh, get out, and she's mad at him. And then years later, when he gets out of Vietnam, he ends up finding her because she's at Harvard, or at least she's in Cambridge, she's Massachusetts. She's near Harvard, exactly. She's near Harvard. She's fucking um, a guy who's at Harvard and the professor at yes. one point. And this is where, and she's in a band, and this is really was like okay, Jenny is Janis Joplin in this in this scene where she's like you know. Being a mad woman and running around the stage as the main as the main singer in the in the band, and then the she's like, eggs. and they give him because because Forrest learned how to play harmonica. He he's a really he good harmonica player. Knew how to play harmonica. Yeah, he he's figured it out because he's that's the idiot's. Fun he learned it part. in Nam, I think. He knows math and harmonica. Give him time. There's more coming. <laughs> and then he's and he sees Jenny, and Jenny's like. Oh, Forrest, it's so good to see you. And then he starts playing harmonica in the band. And then he fucks Jenny. Finally, she's like, yes, she's like, yes, Forrest. Holy shit. She uh, dumps the, her professor boyfriend. And I don't have the quote ready, but and when Forrest is like, oh, and then finally we made love. And there's this whole thing about the number of places they made love. You guys didn't highlight this? I remember. I remember this part. I didn't bother highlighting it. It's like, and with this place, that place, they like banged this, everywhere in the apartment. Everywhere in the apartment, including like the the, the waste paper basket <laughs> in the, in the like sink, all the places. And then they're together. Because when he pulls it out, she's like, "Oh my, <laughs> what have you got there?" I know they called you Forrest, but I didn't know it was a redwood one. <laughs> <laughs> and they're together for a while, but then Forrest just starts smoking pot. 
He becomes it's a gateway drug, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody introduced him to pot. Like, you think you you think you play harmonica good now? Wait till you smoke some pot. It was like the was that Dewey Cox movie? Walk hard. Oh god. I'm a sports in your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I did see that movie. How did you see that movie? Of all things. Like, you haven't even seen Anchorman. You've seen that. Yes, I've seen Anchorman. Oh my god. But you haven't seen uh like, Almost all movies. You saw Dewey I, Cox. I mean, it's a good movie, but I'm just I'm surprised. It's fine. Dewey Cox is very much like Forrest Gump, actually. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a musical version he, of luck. He lucks into a lot of things. But he just but he just like meets. It's more like Forrest Gump the movie. He just meets lots of famous people. But it, instead of using archival footage like Forrest Gump did, they just have people do middling impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> Where Good it, enough. Yeah, who was it? Who was it? Who was, it? was Jack White uh, Elvis? <laughs> I was like, there's only two people that know, chi- know Kung Fu. The Chinese and the king. <laughs> like he just, was that Jack White? I think it was Jack White. That makes sense. Or like fucking Paul Rudd is like uh, Paul McCartney or John Lennon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just terrible impersonations. So in other random events in the book, he does, I don't know if it's before or after this part, where he becomes... He, 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 Gets good at ping pong and he goes to China. That's when he's in, he's, in the, uh, he's in the hospital from the army after getting shot in the butthole. There you go. So he, oh, he so still shows up to LBJ. And he does do the scene with LBJ where he needs to pee. He That's doesn't say he has to pee to LBJ though. He says he had to pee to someone else. He says it to everyone but LBJ basically. Yeah. The, the only time they used it in the movie was the president. That's when he met Kennedy. With Kennedy. Yeah, I but, but in 15 the, Dr. Peppers. In the movie, it was LBJ. In the yeah. movie, it was JFK, but in the book, it was LBJ. But he did not tell him he had to pee. He told everyone else he had to pee. That's when. So the, the LBJ gave him the Congressional Medal of Honor, and then he, uh, before or after the ping pong thing, he, you know... He saves Chairman Mao. <laughs> so, so he goes to China, and he saves Chairman Mao. So this particular event in China's history is really, really important because... Wait, this is a real thing? Chairman Mao swimming the Yangtze. I didn't know this was a real thing. This is, inc- this is super important in China's <laughs> history. Okay, so Chairman Mao... He like leads the revolution and becomes the dictator in nineteen uh, the nineteen fifty nine I think forty nine forty nine when and so he's the dictator uh, from forty nine through like the early sixty one <laughs> okay because the Great Leap Forward goes so badly and twenty million people die or more forty million people die of we'll starvation no it's so many people that he's Mao is kind of sidelined but then in nineteen. I want to say this was seventy six, but I think that's the wrong year. Um, so because Nixon only goes in like no, no. So this is this yeah. is before the cult, just before the Cultural Revolution. So this is sixty five, sixty six. Mao was like, I'm going to show that I'm still young and strong. I mean, he was in his seventies at this point. He so was not a hell so man. <laughs> they staged a really publicity stunt where Mao was going to swim across the Yangtze as you know, sort of a metaphor for him being a strong person, and he does. But in Forrest Gump, Forrest is there on the ping pong tour to China, and Mao starts to drown, and Forrest jumps in and saves him. And every American afterward is like, fuck you. Why, <laughs> Why the fuck that? did you do that? That Him drowning would have been the best thing for us. But anyway. But he didn't really almost drown in real life. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. He swam, he swam the river just fine. He just walked across on a hundred Chinese slaves that were... Way more than a hundred. Under the water. <laughs> just stood on them. It, it, but that, that was a very important event in, in China's history. I thought like he'd actually drowned and someone saved him. And I was like, no. that, that was Forrest Gump in this version. Uh, so he does that, and then he like leaves, and then he goes to see Jenny at Harvard, and then he 
is with Jenny for a while and he smokes too much pot. And then a bunch of groupies, the band starts to get kind of famous. And then a bunch of groupies go up to Forrest before a show and are like, oh, Forrest. Gump me. <laughs> Gump me now. Gump me hard. <laughs> I'll try. Like every habitual weed smoker, he accidentally finds himself in, in a three-way. It's totally common. <laughs> totally normal. In an uh, alleyway in Boston. While he plays the <laughs> harmonica. He's I know Santeria. <laughs> <laughs> but then Jenny sees him, and, and Forrest is like his own, like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to, like, not move. To be fair, kind of he thing. did not know what was no, happening. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't know what was happening. Yeah, he knew a little bit. Well, if you're really high and your IQ is 70, it's going to be pretty hard I th- to I think extricate. he's an unreliable narrator. I think he <laughs> knew it was gone. He knows what titties are. And when they're in his face, he's like, oh, I'd like this. I think possibly that, but also he, the only thing in his entire life he cared about was Jenny. That's only, that's only, that and it was his whole he did. He since he was, did. since he was seven. Also Sue, the gorilla. Oh, and we should say, by the way, that these, uh, these bozo beers came from people who are decidedly not bozos. Uh, these are brought to us by our pals over at Patreon. So if you want to support the podcast, you could head over to patreon.com slash Club. And support us uh, with real life human money, and in return get all sorts of things like early access to our episodes, vote in our monthly book poll, get shouted out with your real or fictitious name, um, and even get uh, tangible goods and exclusive content. So if you want to do that, head over to Drunk Guys. Uh, no, Patreon.com/slash Drunk Guys Book Club. These beers are strong. Thanks, patrons. Back to this book. So he's back from Vietnam. He's doing the band thing, and he's uh, hanging out with Jenny in her vagina. And eventually, that ends. It's hanging out of her vagina. It doesn't yeah. all fit. No, he's 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 got a little bit in there, and then he ends up as kind of like a accidental uh, anti-war uh, protester, and he throws his medal at you know. At someone, and it hits a city clerk. They're at in a the thing head. where they're all throwing their medals at, like a you know, sort of a pile at the f- steps of the Senate or something. So this it? is yeah. one of the things that real I'm life sure that happened, Massachusetts yeah. Senator John Kerry was famous for is actually in in nineteen sixty seven or nineteen sixty eight, and for ketchup in nineteen sixty eight when he got back from Vietnam, he became an anti war activist and then actually tossed his medal. I, I don't think it was a Congressional Medal of Honor like Forrest Gump, but it was his Silver that, Star, Purple Heart, Silver Star, yeah. Silver Star, and threw it over the fence or like threw it away. And then that, that was like a really famous moment, which is also like kind of in the movie a little bit for a second. But at this, but Forrest Gump gets, he hits a government official in the head with his medal. A clerk of some kind? I yeah, forget like what it was. The clerk of the Secretary of the Senate or something like that. Some like weird. And then Supreme gets Court arrested. Or... And then a judge sentences, sentences him to something where he ends up at NASA. He gets, cuck- he gets cuckoo nested. Yeah, he gets cuckoo nested. And they're like, all right, I don't know what's wrong with you, son. You served your country, and you were a great war hero, and now you're being a shithead. You need to be evaluated. Go to the, the, the nut house. And while he's there, the psychiatrist or psychologist, whatever, they realize that he is a savant of sorts. But he I, keeps... <laughs> This is my favorite part of the whole book. <laughs> With the Rorschach test, he keeps saying ink blot. <laughs> and they just are like, fuck <laughs> this. And they move on. <laughs> it was really funny. And so eventually they realize he's, he's incredibly gifted at math. And this is a part that makes, amongst many other things, no sense. Th- this is where the book jumps the shark, is what I thought. Space While riding shark. on a different shark. <laughs> <laughs> they take a double say, shark. 
He, no, it's a double shark. Oh. They realize he is a, a, a computer, essentially. He, he could do incredible like trigonometry problems in his head or whatever they need him to do in space. And so they said, we're going to send you up there as like a backup, which kind of makes sense, I suppose, because the space shuttles had the, you know, capacity of a fucking light up watch. This was before. Okay. The, the Apollo, the Apollo computer had the, had less computing capacity than like those like pocket calculators and your phone has way more computing. Actually, has an enormous amount of computing capacity. So, but my, these, my these cell are phone even has like more computing power than my computer had in like two thousand and five. Like, yeah, it's not even close. So, um, but I they send they, they they send uh, Forrest up in what is supposed to be a secret space mission, which actually did exist. There were, in fact, secret astronauts who were actually going to man these um these uh, uh space not not um space stations exactly but they they were going to orbit the earth several times and there's and the astronaut's job was to take pictures they were basically spy satellites manned by people because they didn't have the computer computing capacity to just like do it with a computer just take a bajillion so pictures these re- these these this actually really did happen i want to say it was operation Corona, our codename Corona. Oh God, like that. Oh, I know. <laughs> not a good. Not, I, I could be wrong about that, but I will have to look that up. But anyway, so uh, Forrest Gump actually gets sent in one of these, but they send him with a lady astronaut, uh, a she ast- a she astronaut, who is the commander, and then also, <laughs> and then also an orangutan. But they send the wrong orangutan, and then they're literally on the launch pad. Uh, this this orangutan has a penis. We think it's the wrong one. He might be aggressive. Uh, please do not hit launch. And like, oh, too bad. We already started the launch sequence. They're even worse. They're just like, we're on a schedule. <laughs> launch. It'll be fine. <laughs> and so the, it's they're just so ridiculously not calculated. Not which not, is not the opposite all. of NASA. Yeah. So it's Forrest Gump, a lady astronaut, and an aggressive orangutan. In named space, Sue. named Sue, well, because Sue the was first the girl one, was, yeah. the first one was named Sue, but they sent the wrong one by accident. So this one will also be named Sue for the yeah. records. So they're in space. You know, I don't know if you guys know much about orangutans, but the females and males look wildly different. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, the, f- uh, the males have those like big round faces and the fat pockets, and they're yeah. like huge. They're, and, like, they're sumo scary, wrestler bodies, things. and the females don't look like that. Well, because uh, sexual dimorphism in the in the hominid line has has decreased, I guess, uh, over the eons. You know, like yes, there's a lot of big words, but yes, different primate species have different uh, levels of sexual dimorphism. But uh, but humans and humans are, are pretty close, like, very that... close to like one point zero. They're not quite. They're like yeah, there's definitely nine. differences, but it's not it's not like fucking. Fish, silverback gorillas, where like the male fish is the size of a peanut and the female fish is (laughs) ten feet long. They're not like that level. It's like that with orangutans, except the other way. The male orangutans are those big fat ones. They're like, wow, that guy. How does he hang himself in a tree? He's too fat. Big fucking ginger, fat (laughs) douchebag just sitting there. So, and at one point, the Sumatra, (laughs) where they're from, Borneo and Sumatra, and Sue, the aggressive male orangutan. Tries to rape the female astronaut because he has to pee very badly. Yeah, he has to pee. Which Everyone's got to pee. And so, Forrest like gives him a water bottle. It's like pee in here, and then it's fine. But then they crash. Well, first in the jungle, the ape pisses and it's floating in space. Yeah, 
and, you know, because they're in zero G, and Forrest tries to grab it with like a butterfly net, because that made sense. And it <laughs> made just, it into a bunch of smaller pea. And it and it hits the woman in the face. She just gets like slow motion pissed in the face, like a golden drizzle, and it just <laughs> golden <hits>. mist. <laughs> and she's like, "Holy shit!" And then the the ape decides to just de- destroy the cockpit and rips all the wires out, and then they crash into like New Guinea. Or yeah, somewhere? and. Sumatra, wildly uh, off Gordio, course, which so, is actually the native uh, native habitat of the orangutan. But th- yeah, somewhere new, vaguely near Australia. That's what yeah. they say. But and then they so crash. The cannibal headhunters, and they're the 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 cargo cult, cargo cult. The you know native people who like take them in because one of them went to Yale. He was like, yeah. when they sent him Big to Sam. Yale during Sam. the war. Who they spend the whole time they he and then. The entire, like, the, both Forrest, Sue, and the lady astronaut are there for, like, four years. <laughs> we didn't bother to learn her name. In the jungle? She, she like had most a name. lady astronauts, I don't know her name. <laughs> I don't know any astronauts. Name, name. Sally Ride. Oh, name yeah, another Sally one. Ride. Krista McAuliffe. Uh, you made she that up. She didn't make it to space. Which, uh, is, she 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 is she the diaper lady? Is she the diaper She's the challenger, yeah. No, no, so, the, the diaper lady. The one that drove across the no, country. No, no, Krista McAuliffe was the... Oh, the teacher. The teacher? High school, no, middle school teacher yeah. from New Hampshire who was picked uh, for the special, no wonder the Nate special knows that one. mission. That is actually the reason. because yeah, That was going to be Nate's teacher the next year. There's shit named after her in New Hampshire. I'm not even kidding. But uh, she what, was... One of the two buildings? Both of them, <laughs> actually. <laughs> her and, like, fucking Nathan Hale. Like, she like, won a contest. Literally, Educators of America. It's a bad prize. First to blow we up will in space award. one of you... To go to be an astronaut, and she was picked. She spent over a year in training. It's like, all right, Challenger flight, STS flight, whatever. And then Challenger they blew up. is defeated. And then they blew up, you know, 60 seconds into the... Because they had, thing. like, the O-rings or something? Is that what it was? The O-rings. O-rings in the... Uh, Side boosters, but the, the solid, solid rocket boosters Maybe on the side. It's, that's why it was an orangutan <laughs> in this book. That had not happened yet when this Winston book was published. Winston Groom's a shiner. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to warn us with his obscure please book. <laughs> I have information that can help you. Sally, please wait. <laughs> so, first ride. So, <laughs> but she's got a ticket to ride. <laughs> I'm going to double down. Name one other lady astronaut. I'll name a third? Did you, you could just say a Russian name, like uh, Svetlana. <laughs> uh, oh, Yulia Bagovina. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you said that so fast. Yeah. It's, it's fluency, I believe you. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Laika. That's the... Oh, fuck. The dog. Yes, I didn't that is say a, name an astronaut, a... bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you sexist bastard, Nate. That's a dog. <laughs> That is the first dog in space, yes. We also sent a whole Who bunch died? of a bunch of she monkeys went up there too, and they all died too. Well, you can get another one, you don't have to bring them back. They just and they didn't even bother naming it after certain but the American monkeys, they didn't even name there was like it, I forget what name they used. I'm gonna say Sally. One, I know it's not Sally, two, but it was like Sally three. three. <laughs> Here's Sally three. And then they just sent them up. Oh that one died too. That's that's too bad. Next. <laughs> well, bringing them back is expensive. More expensive than getting another chimp. As Forrest Gump will learn. Uh, fetching them after they crash land is the problem. Because they're there for four years. Four, four years in the jungle, but yet he's Forrest Gump spends the whole time learning chess from Sam. 
<laughs> the the <laughs> Yale graduate, the noble savage who yes. just shits on Harvard the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there they are in the jungle, and he's like, "Oh, the Harvard." Before it says he, he went to Harvard, Harvard. yeah, because he like drove by it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, he you're went pretty to good it for a one Harvard day." Man. He oh, was on scene, the yeah. grounds of Harvard. That's where where uh, Jenny was. He literally went there. He went there to audit a course on the fool in literature. Oh, yeah. And then they had to... They really had, heavy-handed metaphor. They, yeah. And they had to perform the scene from King Lear, from a scene from King Lear, with the fool in it. But, and he plays the fool. No, I he think. doesn't play the fool. He, he plays like the Earl okay. of Gloucester or some bullshit part. He plays... But... He burns down because he's such a big dope and he's so ginormous in this little shack set they've created. He burn he lights it on fire with his torch that they borrowed from the theater department and creates a fire in the whole thing. And he just like he jumps out of the window. Yeah. And and then the professor just like leans out of the window and is like, Are you fucking asshole gum? <laughs> you fucked up my class. I was up for tenure. Like he just like sh- and I, that guy's name was like Quackenbush, right? Was it Quackenbush? I, I think, think it was that's Qua- correct. I think yeah. it was Quackenbush, um, which is a very, very uh, niche type of porn, actually. <laughs> um, <but laughs> duck porn? Duck, a duck furry, like like an untrimmed cloaca. <laughs> do you trim a cloaca? Uh, some do. Uh, have you ever been to Brazil? Uh, <laughs> you could pluck it. It's an unplucked cloaca. <laughs> But so Quackenbush is mad. And then that, like, that's why he says he went to Harvard. And that guy comes back for like a hot second later. But he tells the noble savage guy who talks like, you know, in my, when I was reading this, I was picturing like a Looney Tunes kind of cartoon. Like a guy in like a grass skirt with like a bone in his nose. That was basically how he was written. And, yeah. and he's just like, well, old sport, I do know. He did say old sport every 15 words, like Gatsby. Yeah, he, he speaks like an old moneyed. You mean asshole. like Tom Buchanan? That's the guy who kept he's, saying he's old the guy sport. who kept saying, saying old sport. I thought it was Gatsby that called Gatsby called everyone old sport. No, Gatsby was like, "Hey, how's Tom's wife doing?" That's what Tom. That's what Gatsby said. Oh. Don't let her drive. By the way, she's not going to drive. Yeah, everyone said it then, but well, you should have been. You know, it, Gatsby should have said new sport because he was like the new money guy. <laughs> I think that would have been really pretty funny. Jialai. <laughs> he just names <laughs> new sport. Hey, are you into competitive eating? I heard that's going to come up. Mukbang. What the fuck is that? Mukbang is, it's a thing they do on the internet. Oh, sure it is. It's a Korean thing. Uh, it's just watching, usually usually a small girl eat as much food as she can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other people do it, but the ones with like small, uh, attractive girls are the ones that are most popular. But it's watching them like eat a heroic amount of food. And that's it? Do they throw yes. up? It's not, a, it's not really a sport. It's like a, it's like a, it's like it's climbing a, a pastime. It's a cl- it's, it's the it's national pastime because it kind it's of, there. <laughs> <laughs> Why should I eat fifteen cakes? Because it's there. <laughs> it's a thing you can look it up called mukbang, and it is uh, it's simultaneously horrifying and uh, enthralling. Do they ever do it while mobile? Because I think mukbang. No, no, because you need you need like a whole table. <laughs> Could be a name for that. It it would be difficult. You probably get car sick. Uh, that's why you hire professionals. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these last, it's not like a sprint. They, these last like hours. Mm. Yeah. Yum. It's a solo sport. Well, he learns about chess, which it's is like sort of a... More of a competition than a sport. <laughs> so they finally get rescued, but the lady astronaut is like, has started a relationship with a... Hmm. One a of native. the savages. <laughs> Who also raped, he raped her in a bush. 
Yeah, Kylie. Yeah. And he just like grabs her and reaps her into the bush. And Ford's like, I was going to save her, but it sounded like she was enjoying herself. So I let it go. And then I forget what his name was like, Gluck Gluck or something stupid like that. Yeah, it was basically Gruck or something. Yeah, it's, it's some this dumb is, It's a wildly racist chapter. <laughs> In a pretty racist book. <laughs> and it's like after the Korean one or the Vietnam one, it was like, wow, this has got some I stuff in it. And this, this chapter was like, he wow. I uses the word Vietnam more than once. <laughs> it's a different word that gets used. <laughs> but then the, the headhunter guy uh, is just banging around. And she's like, this is great. Well, they, they're not headhunters. They're cannibals. But when they try to escape, they end up near the headhunters who are also pygmies? No, the head, the, the, so the headhunters are the, the, the group that... Uh, no, sorry. The cannibals capture them. Yeah. And then the cannibals are at war with the pygmies who live in the out, outer parts of the forest yeah. uh, off of the Yellow Brick Road. And they are the ones who... They have like a longstanding uh, beef... Or I guess uh, man flesh uh, in this world because they're cannibals. Long pig. <laughs> uh, so that's like just kind of like buried there because most of the other book is non sequiturs. That's like one of the few points where like, oh, that almost sort of foreshadowed what was going to happen. Yeah. So that's why they can't leave. That's why they're trapped or they believe they are trapped. With... Also, no one's come for them. Yeah. Because NASA's like, we're on a tight budget. <laughs> can't get a truck to Australia. Which they were not. But anyway, it's a different story. <laughs> So after he gets rescued from the jungle, he goes back to the White House for a meeting with Nixon. And Nixon is like, it doesn't quite do Watergate, but it almost does. And then after that, he is just, I do not remember the order of these things. He is somebody is like, oh, you are a striking young man. Well, you should be in movies. And then he's suddenly in the. Oh, first he becomes an arm wrestler. It's arm, he wins this <laughs> arm wrestling competition. And by, by this time, he's met oh, up, back I know up what it with. Was. Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, he moves with Lieutenant. He finds Lieutenant Dan uh, on a on a like a heat vent, and then they decide to get together. And he talks to people who knew Jenny, and they go to Indianapolis, where she, they heard Jenny was working at a tire factory, and they find her there. And that's where he becomes arm wrestling champion. But when was he in the movies? This was, this was after. The, after he wins, he wins the arm wrestling thing, and then. Because he was good at arm wrestling, he decides to become a professional wrestler. He's named the Dunce. The Dunce. And, and he, has he to loses fight. his first fight, but then he wins every other fight. And after he's made a ton of money... Or who does he lose against, Nate? The That's turd. Important. <laughs> he does lose against the turd, yeah. <laughs> who I, does not fight fair. Not he, at all. He, that guy stinks. But they... <laughs> they in the beginning of that scene, they start naming like a bunch of other wrestlers, and like I didn't pay attention to WWF in or WWWF in the eighties because I wasn't born yet. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but no one gave a shit. It was hillbilly regional shit. And yeah, this named, wasn't even like the big. Professional. It's a it's it a, like, a region. It's yeah. like the Nebraska Wrestling League. Yeah, and they name a bunch of wrestlers, and mixed into the names are real names. It's like Gorgeous George. Or something like that. Like, that's definitely been a wrestler's name. But then it's just like, and the turd. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a guy who, like, just covered in, like, smeary shit and greased himself up so you can't grapple him. So he wins almost every match and has made a ton of money, even though Jenny is really mad that he's doing this, that he's being the dunce in all these professional wrestling matches, even though Lieutenant Dan is his, like, manager. Sometimes they made a ton of money, but then finally the the wrestling promoter is like, the sleazy wrestling promoter is like, you know what? You're going to have to lose this next one, this next one against 
the professor, and and uh, you're gonna you're just gonna have to lose because obviously this is a rigged thing. So Forrest and Lieutenant Dan decide they're gonna bet everything they they have so far, which is what ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, ten grand. They've been saving to, to start the the shrimp company, the shrimp business, shrimp and business. Uh, and they they're like, well, we're going to bet everything we have so far that Forrest is gonna win because he's actually supposed to lose, but he's actually gonna go in and win. But then they have the fight, and the professor like puts ants down his pants and like <laughs> and he knits him into a burial shroud <laughs> and like all of this all of this stuff and then Forrest actually loses so he's actually lost all the money from being the dunce and making fun of himself and and he loses most importantly making a fool of himself he, he loses Jenny she leaves he's like I don't like this Forrest so she leaves literally he they arrive he arrives home after losing the fight where he loses all his money and there's a note from Jenny. I've, I've, I'm left. I've left. Goodbye. Like, Lieutenant Tam, what does it say? <laughs> <laughs> so he's... Forrest takes a bus and then he ends up like stopping somewhere and like playing a chess game which ends up being against a chess master and the chess master oh, is like... His name was like Tingles you beat me. or something, right? Tingly? Chess master is like, you like beat that. me. Okay, I should. Can I sponsor you in some chess tournaments? And Forrest plays the chess tournament and is playing the final match and he's about to win. And <laughs> Wait, then he <laughs> farts so loud that it's so it's, it's awful. A, quote baked bean fart. <laughs> <laughs> that when the other guy loses, he says that Forrest cheated by distracting him. Did the ass gambit <laughs> can't do the play, play that move, <laughs> and then ends up not winning the money. But yet, while he's at the chess tournaments, a movie producer says, "Oh, you should be. You're a fine young man. You should be in movies." So he ends up being the Swamp Thing in a movie. <laughs> like literally, that's it's a creature it's a re- from the, lo- the creature, creature of the Black Lagoon. Whatever, one of those two. They're doing a remake. Uh, yep, with Raquel Welch. With Raquel Welch, who is like. So mad that she's in this stupid movie. <laughs> but somehow, Forrest is, like, literally as dressed as the, like, you know, creature from the Blue Lagoon or whatever. Black Lagoon? Black. Yeah. But dressed as a sea creature, is carrying Raquel Welch and gets lost on the back lot of whatever movie studio. Yet Raquel Welch's costume comes off and she's completely naked. They get lost on, like, a highway median. I, yes, I don't know how that happened. Well, it and was, then it she was a is, screen test that he was doing. It wasn't oh, even like well, filming they said the movie. It was the screen test. And then, it was absurd. And then there's like a jungle in, and that just leads out onto the fucking Rodeo like, Drive Highway, or whatever. Yeah. And then she, and then and it's like you bring me somewhere that has clothing. And so they bring her. So he brings naked Raquel Welch to a clothing boutique, and she's like, "Oh, I wanted those, one of those, one of those." And then the owner is like. Okay, do you have any money, ma'am? And she's like, "No, where would I put it?" Because <laughs> her dress has gotten ripped off. And, yeah, and the force comes good at that. And he does brag about it. You know, he might be a dummy, but he brags about it later when like, oh, I tried to be a actor. And like, how was it? Well, I got to see Raquel Walsh butt naked. But also on the set of this film, swinging through the jungle, is Sue. Yeah, he yeah. finds Sue again. They become friends again. And, and he's like, whole they both like learned sign language or more yeah. like Sue has learned sign language. And so Far- Forrest to... can like understand it well enough. Yeah. So he's my friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then 
Oh God, what happens there? And then he eventually he gets starts, fired. Gets fired, but then starts the shrimping business. He he and Sue go back to uh, Alabama to do shrimping, and they start With growing Bubba's shrimp. Bubba's family, yeah, though they are not black; they're white. Yeah, um, they start growing shrimp in a pond, and it does great. And then every year, he gets more and more shrimp and more and more land. And it just kind of works then out. He, he soon becomes rich, and he's like wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase. And then they have him run for Senate in Alabama. Yes. And then they say, You're a great candidate. And then they find out all the other shit he did. And they're like, You're a bad candidate. And he gets, he's out. Though and he hires did, um, everybody. Alabama he knows. did just elect their football coach as a senator. So Forrest Gump becoming senator, totally believable. <laughs> <laughs> and his campaign slogan, which he said, we've not really talked about, but. Every time he's in a situation, he's like, what do you have to say? He just, I got to pay. That becomes his campaign oh, slogan. yeah. And they're like, that's genius. God damn it, Gump. They'll eat it up. <laughs> and they do. They'll drink it up. And, but then he, everybody realizes, wait, he's that guy that like ripped Raquel Welch's, Welch's dress off and crashed a rocket and uh, got arrested. And rescued Chairman Mao. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he's done all these things. Like, fuck him. He's out. Yeah. And then he becomes like a vagrant. Well, he he's still he's still very rich, but he doesn't even care. He doesn't. He he he's rich. He's got this company. He's hired every character from the book earlier on. Yeah, because they're all like flops. Even like Major Gooch, Major my favorite Gooch, name in the yeah. book. I, I forget, it might not have been Major Gooch, but yeah, something Gooch. Tom, which, Tommy Grundle or whatever. <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Grundle and Harry Harold Gr- Gooch. <laughs> you know what a Gooch is, Nate? Yes. All right. <laughs> so he's hired everyone, and then he's like, <laughs> "Wouldn't you want to hire Harry?" Resigned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and, Lu- and Lieutenant Dan, and who's uh, a douche, man? He's just a mess. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a he's a bastard. But he's like the equivalent of the guy who doesn't want to leave prison, but homeless. Like yes. he just he's wants institutionalized. To, yeah, he just wants to live on the street. And at one point, Forrest sees him shining a guy's shoes. He's like, yeah, I'm a communist. Fuck that communist pig. I'll, I'll shine his shoes so he could burn in hell. Like, I don't think like, that's how it works. It does not. But he's just, he's, he's just jealous because he doesn't have to wear shoes anymore. He doesn't have any shoes. So he and Dan and Sue decide to leave the company and go. He's going to become a one-man band. <laughs> and they're going to move to New Orleans and also, he, come, he finds Jenny, and she's like, you have a son. And he's like, that's cool. And he's like, I got married to another guy, but it's your kid. And he's like, okay. And then she leaves. This is Little Forest, too. And he's like, he's not dumb. He's like, oh, thank goodness. But then she says, I'm like, All right, who isn't an idiot? There's like yeah, a there's some philosophical bullshit of, you know, like, oh, yeah, huh, funny. But, <laughs> but then uh, she leaves with the kid, and he, you know, says, that's good that thing's working out. And then he... Lives out the rest of the book pages as a one-man band in New Orleans, banging a prostitute, hanging out with Lieutenant Dan and Sue the orangutan. And that's the end of Forrest Gump. Jesus Christ. We didn't make... I feel like we could not have made up a dumber story. It sounds like someone making it up as they go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, it like that movie Big Fish. Yeah. <laughs> not like the movie Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is a great movie. So was Big Fish. It was, They're both also, better you know, that than was this. Also, you know what? Big Fish was a book. We should read that. Yeah, that is. I'm sure it's good. I don't know if it's, it's better. Good. It's better it than might, this. I don't know. I thought Forrest. I love Forrest Gump the movie. I thought <laughs> it would be a good book, and it was. Eh, eh. 
Yeah. I thought the book was still fine. It was fine. I did. It was still fine. Maybe it's fondness for the movie that I was like, okay, I can see this. But it did get stupid at places. Stupid is as stupid does in yeah. places. Like Not a farce. phrase in the book, actually. But it, it has, like I said before, it is the dress rehearsal for the movie, which was better. This is the, but this it was is the still rough draft okay. for the dress rehearsal for the off-Broadway one-man this, this show. This the local community theater. <laughs> That's being scouted by the community theater uh, it's, producer. It's not that bad. But it it's is the understudy of the theater. It is not as good as the movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it is fine. It is not nearly as good as, it, as the movie shows it could have been. I probably wouldn't have known how good it could have been if the movie didn't exist. It's it's just it's just the same concept, but every other detail basically is different. I think the biggest difference, besides the difference of events, um, it's him. Is yeah. Well, in the movie, he's just like this happy, good-natured, slow guy who bumbles through accidentally just doing a bunch of crazy stuff and like having a good time and doing this. And in the book, it's just a series of people taking advantage of him. And he just kind of just does whatever people say around him as they use him and then throw him away. And occasionally he uses them in case boobies are involved. Yes, yeah, sometimes with boobies. But he's also like a savant and he can learn all sorts of things even though he... You know, but nothing useful. Yeah. yeah. Nothing that he actually gets a job just with. harmonica. At the end of the day, he's a fucking panhandler. He's the greatest one-man band there's ever been. It's like, it's, it's, imagine if uh, you found out that there was a, a novel of like... Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it was like with a, with a curmudgeonly sociology professor <laughs> who stumbled into a room and found an old Fabergé egg, <laughs> and he had to hide it from the Maoists. And he was like, fuck you. And then he, he didn't have a whip. He just like threw a chair at them, and then he left. No, he had to hide it from the Boston Archaeological <laughs> Society. <laughs> And then at the end, he takes it back to his house, but he drops it at the end. He's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Who cared anyway? You can't make and an omelet. Like, that's the <laughs> same thing. Like, that's how bad. That's how not the same this book is to that movie. It's not quite that bad. All right, I'll think it's of another one. It's not quite that, that bad. That will be a fun game. It is. You, are, you do have a point. It, it's like the same, like, architecture, but everything else it's, is the same. Two people came up with the same idea and did it differently. What about a like a slow guy who gets adventures? That's it. Okay, go with it. See where that goes. But he gets it, he's involved in American history and he's there for a lot of important shit. But even in this book, he's really not there for a lot of important shit. Yeah. Not like as the, many. The important, important shit things. he's there for is like China and and Throwing. protesting in Washington. And that's and he meets Bear Bryant and he meets fucking Nixon and Nixon's, Nixon's all like paranoid. He's like, don't say tape. Like, but, <laughs> yeah. but than, obsessed with the word tape. But other than that, you know, nothing's, nothing's too specific. Yeah. In the movie, no. he was like the guy in all the weird pictures and historical events. They're like, I don't know who that guy is, but like the guy kissing the girl in the fountain in Washington, D.C., like no one knows who that is, but like that's him. And for all the, in the movie, every historical event happened to be this dude. And the book, besides like meeting the president once, he's kind of like he's been stuck in New Guinea for four years, and then he starts the shrimp farm. And in the movie, the shrimp thing works out because all the other boats are destroyed by a hurricane. In this, he just grows a regular business, and it's only saved in the movie because Lieutenant Dan has a death wish. 
Oh yeah, like it, it's it's so much more well woven together in the movie because Lieutenant Dan was supposed to die in Nam, and because Cobb saved, saved him, him and he's yeah. like resents it, and then there he hires him and he's all like fucking pissed off and he's fucking hookers in Times Square, <laughs> and then he's like come work on my shrimp boat. It's like I don't give a shit, my shrimp doesn't float, and then. They, there's like the storm. He's like, "Fuck you, storm!" And then like they're the only thing that lives. And he's like, "Oh, he found he found God that day. He like made his peace." In the book, it's none of that. He's just a bum. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a fucking orangutan. And he has a fucking. (laughs) He just lives on a dolly, like a little dolly, the whole time. Yeah, like Eddie Murphy in Trading Places. Exactly. And he has to pee in his shoe. Stone Groove. He has to pee in his hat. There's pee- <laughs> pees in his shoe, though. Is it a shoe? I I was like, because he head. cannot use a toilet, he a public to, like, toilet by himself. It. He has <laughs> to pee in his, in his shoe and then dump the shoe in the toilet. That's one of the is... things I, I noted. Like, that was missing from the film. Like, you can still get yourself up on a toilet. And then, like, <laughs> Jenny, who was, you know, in the movie, this, like, product of the time and, like, flowerish child. It's a little more tragic. It's much more tragic. She was fucking molested by her father. And, and she dies of AIDS. And die, yeah. Oof. In the book, she's just like kind of an easy gal who yeah. just wants to protest. She just bangs. She just bangs everybody. She finds that Force has the biggest dong this side of the fucking Mississippi. And she's like, that's all I need. And that's it. And then she kind of gets even like trashy at the end when he finally meets her at the end with, uh, with little a little Force. Force. She has like curlers in her hair. And she's like old now. She's like 35. She's banged out. Which, as Nate says, is youth. And she... <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> Years? Jesus. Um, and she's also... I'm not judging her for being into cock, but at one point, there's this line, which I highlighted, where forces Jenny had written... <laughs> Jenny, fuck it, where did I put it? Jenny has written a nice, tender song called Do It To Me Hard and Fast. Uh, yeah. (laughs) She's just into getting banged out. Like, good for her, I guess. But the the free love 60s. They really changed that a lot. Do you remember when Richard Nixon tried to sell him a bunch of bootleg watches? Well, he's trying to Isn't Nixon a brand of watch? Is it? I don't know. I was trying to figure out. At one point, he fucking opens his coat and he's got a bunch of watches. Like, you want to buy a watch? He has 30 watches on his arm. Oh, yeah. He's like, like, you want some watches? And he's like, "Uh, no, thank you, sir. President. What what the fuck? I, I looked that up. And the only thing I could find is that there is a brand of watches called Nixon. That's the, that's the best I could find. It's I spent six minutes. I didn't it, try no, hard. I'm sure that's all there was to it. I think he was just trying to show that Nixon was shady. And he was flipping out about the tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a question about the president. At one point, I guess it's Spiro Agnew, says he questions uh, Nixon in the office. And then Nixon's like, you can't. He says, now you're calling me a liar. You're fired. And he says, you can't fire me. I'm the vice president. Can't the president? Can the president fire, fire the president? Nope. Who can no. fire the vice president? No one can. No one can. Uh, they can Con- resign. They can impeach, they, right? Maybe they can be impeached. But they could yeah. certainly be impeached. The president cannot fire the vice president. Many presidents would have done that <laughs> if that was possible. Really? I mean, yeah. How many times has the vice president so, done so much? So, in the original Constitution, oh, when they were like the other, they the, said that the runner-up runner yeah. became the vice president, but that just meant that the president and the vice president were from opposite parties, so they absolutely absolutely hated each other. So it wasn't until the 18-something, early 1800s, so it's still pretty early, where they decided either they changed the Constitution or maybe not. Maybe they're just like, we're just going to run as a ticket. President, vice president run together from the same party in whichever one 
wins, technically they vote for, you know, the vice president, president, vice president together so that they're from the same party. Though there are pl- still, even in that system, plenty of presidents and vice presidents that hated each other. It was, uh, it was Vice President Lyndon Johnson that said that, no, maybe it was Lyndon Johnson that said that the vice presidency wasn't worth a bucket of warm piss. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds Which like a Johnson. Sounds like Lyndon Johnson, crude. but I think maybe I heard it was somebody else, but... Anyway, worth a bucket of warm piss, and but in Lyndon Johnson hated Kennedy, and when he became president, he hated all the other Kennedy Good thing people. He was tight with those CIA men, which he on called, the grassy knoll. which he called, uh, by, uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson called them the Harvards, which was the rest of the Kennedy administration. Well, oh, yeah, hated there's them. a whole class thing there. You know, like LHA, oh yeah, absolutely. So good old boy from Texas, and who just liked to pull his dick out on people, and. As he yes, he did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was, it was an impressive member of Congress. <laughs> the <laughs> most. And he was just like, have you ever seen one this big? And they'd be like, holy shit. He's like, vote yes on this bill. And they're like, I, I don't know what to do now. Or he'll cock slap them and they'll die. He would skinny dip in front of the press. In front of the press. Just like have his fucking hanging, hanging brain. Old man Texan brain. <laughs> just fucking out there. Baked low and slow. <laughs> so look at that. What do you think about that? Now you ask me about Vietnam. <laughs> I, or, I, was, I wasn't sure. I, it was like a real question. I, I actually don't well, know if anyone could an fire an, the vice president. It's an elected position, so... It is. I yeah. assumed as much, yeah. but I was, I was for a second, I was like, I don't know, actually. There's some weird shit. I mean, Spiro Agnew, who was Nixon's vice president, did have to resign yeah, he was because, because he was incredibly corrupt because of stuff that he was doing back before he was vice president, which was basically taking cash from corporations in Maryland, which is the state he was from. Uh, one of those, Maryland, Virginia. They, they have Greek people in Maryland. Just him. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but when it got found out about, he had to be, he, he, he resigned. He tried to fight it, but then he, but then he resigned. I don't think a vice president has ever been just removed. I, no, there hasn't been. They've, been, they've died probably. Because presidents haven't been removed either, but even though it's been tried, but it's never happened. But I don't think vice presidency is important enough Tell to JFK, bother. He got removed. <laughs> vice presidency <laughs> isn't important enough to bother removing the vice president. No. Well, yeah, no, I don't think there's anyone who... I mean, Agnew would have been impeached and removed, so he just I'm sure. resigned. And then they would have to appoint one... Like, Congress would appoint the next one if they ever got around to it, but I don't think they ever did. Congress, no, they did. They did. They appointed Gerald Ford. Oh, did they appoint him? I thought Gerald they, I thought Ford they was appointed him. to oh, okay. be vice president. But does the Congress appoint it, or does the yeah. president do it and uh, it gets confirmed? There was, a, there was an amendment to the Constitution that allowed this. I forget which one it was. The 25th Amendment? Is it amendment? the one succession? I think it's the 25th succession Amendment, which was, which was, you know, only like 1968 or something like that, which actually created a mechanism to appoint a new vice president or a new president. But yeah, that it's was the one where like it goes to like president, vice president, speaker yeah. of the house, all the way down to like secretary of agriculture and all that shit. I think that was partly in there, but it was also the twenty fifth amendment that allowed the that allowed the cabinet to remove the president. Yeah, well this but was But then all the part... president can fight it if they want to. But it, it was imagining the scenario in which John F. Kennedy, instead of being dead, actually dead, was just brain dead. And then who would be president at that point? Because he's technically still alive. So that was the point of the 25th Amendment. But but also the scenario of a whole bunch of people fucking die in a nuclear attack. Who takes over? Like, what's yeah. the line of succession? Because mm-hmm. you know, the vice president and president are the obvious top two, but who's number three? And therefore, so that's also part of it, too. There's very much a Cold War 
I element. Think it wasn't the Speaker of the House still next in line? I think they were even always. before the Twentieth Amendment. I don't know if the Speaker of the House was always third in line, but I know I can't imagine that at any point in the like fucking seventeen eighty nine they're like, and let's put Secretary of fucking Interior in there. <laughs> that was never there. No, the cabinet's not in. That was all, probably right? in a in, in nineteen in the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Yeah, the cabinet secretaries. And then they get down to the to give us what was that fucking Keeper Sutherland show? Designated survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. That's why they really did it. They still do that. That's a real thing they do. They just yeah, make it's real, some but schlub hide somewhere. It, it rotates like one cabinet member sits in another room. It's during like the, the Secretary State of, the of Agriculture doesn't bother to show up to the State of the Union. So, in case they get nuked, mm-hmm. good luck with your seeds, dickhead. <laughs> anyway, so the book. Ugh. I thought it was okay. I really did. Yeah, think I thought it was, it was okay. Okay, that's it. Much like the state of Oklahoma, it is okay. But actually, that's <laughs> fucking worse. Um, that's <laughs> I've actually never been there, but me neither. But I know. But I will say, uh, it is okay. the The thing that this book suffers from is being attached to such a such a famous movie. But it also is the only reason people know about the book. It's a, I guess it's a catch twenty two sort of thing, but. The, you only know about the movie, the book, because you saw the movie, and then before you read the book, and you're like, wow, this isn't as good as the movie. Yeah. It, it's like if you really like something, and then you go back and go to the source material, and you're like, wow, this really, it's kind of like being religious. You know, you go back, and you're like, this feels nice, and you read the Bible, and you're like, oh, uh, never mind. There's a lot of stuff in here I don't like. They're really into foreskins. <laughs> I don't really get why they're really all about that. No, but seriously, like, the book is fine, but it would be. A million percent an out of print forgotten book if they did not make this movie. The movie yeah, about it. Definitely. Yeah. No one would give a flying fuck about it. And the movie is really good because it does it like whatever the instincts of Winston Groom were, it did the opposite. It did it took his his frame idea and did everything else different. Like even even down to like Forrest Gump being mad racist and shit in the book, which he kinda wasn't. He just kind of uses slurs because he doesn't know any better. I guess is what we're That's supposed to That's just the word he knows. Because he does say at one point, like, oh, the African-Americans are the only ones that were nice to me. He does say that at one point. Yeah, I mean, he just uses the N-word because that's what people in Alabama call... The also, other this word book didn't came exist. out 40 years ago, so things were a little different, too. I mean, the 80s is not that long ago for... Uh, but no, but the, well, what I'm but saying it's, is... It's like, Alabama. What I'm saying is, like, I'm not saying people in 1986 were just dropping N-bombs left and right, but... A book in the 80s... Set about the sixties. Yeah. Could have said it, and no one would have. No one would have blinked. Nowadays, you can't say that word in reference to that word. Like it's it's so taboo. Yeah, which is kind of it's pretty extreme. Like that it, it has taken a huge turn. Uh, but so that would not have been controversial about the book in the eighties. No, nor the other terms he says. <laughs> Which are mostly just that, and uh, maybe he says something about gay people at one point. I don't know if he does, but I don't know if he drops one of the f the, the other f words. I don't. I don't remember, but there, you know, so many fucking random things happen. It's impossible to know. But the the book, <laughs> the movie, takes the frame and does the opposite of everything. Instead of him being a sort of racist big hillbilly, he's a totally childlike kind. Hillbilly, and he it's Tom Hanks. 
It's Tom Hanks. But even like, remember, there's a scene in the movie when when he's there at the integration of the fucking Little Rock School or whatever it was, <laughs> and and they're like, "Look who's trying to get into our fucking school!" And they say some words that are not appropriate for now, and. And he says, oh, raccoons? <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't say right. But he's like, oh, mama chases them off the porch with a, sp- with a, with a broom. <laughs> and the guy's like, not raccoons, you idiot. <laughs> and then he spells it out a little more deeply. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Like, he doesn't even think in those terms. Like, he's so naive. Yeah. The book is, he's, he's not near, he's much more savvy. He's just, is illiterate. <laughs> and bad at, bad at, or, um, uh, Advocating for himself, yeah, he's just a vessel. Where the movie kind of, you kind of almost get the sense like, is he the agent of history or the <laughs> or the product of it? You know, like is 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 just, he was in the air at the right time, or is, did he instigate change? You know, by fucking ratting out Watergate, <laughs> or um, what else does he do? I mean, they they change. The only thing that's the same is he shows his ass to the president. Every other historical thing is different. He doesn't go into space. He doesn't learn chess or harmonica. Or fucking end up in New Guinea. Quantum mechanics. Instead, he just like meets a bunch. He meets people and says dumb shit because they could find that stock footage to, you know, Edit him CGI into. Tom Hanks into. But in like nineteen eighty four, that CGI. was a big deal in nineteen ninety two or whatever when that came out. Yeah, ninety four. I think ninety. He won the Best Actor. I want to say ninety four, but that means it probably came out the year before. I remember seeing this in the movies with my dad. I don't know why my dad took me to see this movie in nineteen ninety four. It's really weird. He probably was like, you'll like this movie, son. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, All right. Twizzlers are cool. <laughs> but I remember liking it, and I didn't understand any of it. It's a lot for a kid. It's, it's a, it, it, is, it is. The movie is very much. Baby boomer history yeah, porn. It is. And my dad's, a, my dad's a boomer, so I get why he liked it. But I'm not a boomer. I don't know how you feel, Nate, but I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was great. Aren't your children boomers? <laughs> Nate's gonna Nate's gonna live up to his name and be part of the silent generation right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he probably gives us the finger. <laughs> no, it's it's totally boomer porn, but that doesn't mean it's bad. No, yeah, no, it's still good, much better than the book in every way. Don't read the book. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. The book was still fine. It was fine, but you don't yeah, need to if, spend time reading it. If you've seen the movie, you don't need to read the book. If you haven't done either, watch, watch the, the movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What the, oh, if you haven't done either, what the fuck are you listening to right now? <laughs> but I guess in the meantime, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you like, if you listen this long and you like what you heard, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub and supporting the podcast. And you can also be our friend on Goodreads because uh, we read good much better than Forrest Gump and we like friends. And you can also leave us a review <laughs> wherever you are hearing this inside your head. Unless it's just inside your head. In that case, please see a doctor. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.